Hello, welcome to the Manchester's Red podcast for Manchester Red News, a transfer special today. And I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Mr James Robson. Hello. And Mr Kieran Cahill. Hello. And a busy week for us here. Man United have confirmed their first two signings of the summer transfer window, both relatively unknown from us here in the English game. Uh, Fred from Shakhtar Donetsk and Diego, Diogo Delo from FC Porto. It's already good to be mispronounced his name 20 seconds into the podcast. But uh, what can you both tell us about these new signings, James? Well, I actually saw Fred last year. More than most of us, though. Yeah, I, I did watch him play when I was, when I was covering City versus Shakhtar. Um, from what I can see of him, he's typically Brazilian in the sense that he's got brilliant close control. You know, he's a, he's a good footballer, yeah, even though he's a, he's a holding midfielder um, who essentially, I suppose you guys will be holding, he's winning the ball a lot. He's actually a really good user of the ball as well. He's very offensive-minded, and that's something United... Missed, I think, last season with Michael Carrick being out for so long because although Michael Carrick's a holding midfielder, he passes the ball forward. And that sounds simple, but so many midfielders don't pass the ball forward, you know, they'll knock it off to the side, particularly in that position. And Carrick was always looking for that forward pass. Forwards, set forwards loved playing with him because they always knew that he'd be looking for them straight away. It wasn't a long hit and hope, it was a, a ball into feet, into the run. Um, and, and Fred is that type of player. Uh, from what I've been told about him as well, he's not just a holding midfielder, he could actually play further mm. up front, he can actually be a more offensive midfielder. And again, I think that comes down to just the natural Brazilian element of him, if you like, that you know, that they're all brilliant attacking players straight away, aren't they? In, in Brazil, not to generalise, <laughs> but we've seen Edison this year and he looks as good about, about as good as, as anyone on the ball, doesn't he? Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think he's going to bring a lot to the midfield, a lot of energy. In terms of Diogo Dallo, um, I think, like probably a lot of people, when his name was first mentioned, their first uh, response was, Who's that then? Mm. And. <laughs> We've all done a bit of Google searching to find out a bit more about it. YouTube compilations. Um, I'm going to have to take Jose Mourinho's word when he says he's the best right-back at his age group in Europe. I'm going to have to take his word for that because I have no idea. Kieran? Yeah, so I know Liverpool fans already get annoyed because alexander Arnold's getting uh, bashed yeah. inadvertently by that. But yeah, I think it's um, similar. It's so rare nowadays where you find a player who you've never really heard of because everyone's so clued up in inverted commas with FIFA football manager and YouTube so I, I, it's been quite refreshing that um, had a complete wildcard come in there and I think it's quite exciting in a way because uh, you look at what 90 million buys you now and that's the reality it is an unknown but um, going by I suppose the Lindelof parallel there that that was a bit of a mm, sign in and Mourinho relied on what he knows about Portuguese football, so you wonder, you know, is he going to adopt a similar approach with this kid that he's just going to ease him in step by step? And there isn't that pressure because, as I touched on, it's not a, a huge price tag, as mad as that sounds, for a guy who's only played eight mm-hmm. games, but 19.5 million now is what, you know, nine million was 10 years ago or whatever. Um, and with Valencia being the undisputed right back, he's probably going to be named captain uh, officially. He can really have a season just to get used to new methods, new culture, um, and a new manager. And I think already you can see the his mentality kind of fits that Mourinho uh, profile that he's he's already talking about working really hard and giving his best for the team and essentially kind of leaving blood on the pitch. So for you know a millennial, he's he seems quite old school, and I think um, that'll be really interesting to see how he gets on there. But um, you know, his English just, just blew me away. Just mm. that interview he did when he was unveiled and 
I think already you're feeling because his sister lives in London. He's he's got the ingredients to sell in really quickly, and um, you know you could think is it the end of September the first Carabao Cup games are that he could get yeah. his first game maybe there, and obviously it's the tour he'll be fit for that. Um, and I know Valencia is also going to be there because Ecuador didn't qualify for the World Cup, but that's obviously a, a big chance for him to to shine. Yeah, I think the uh, the interesting part of this signing is. For Mourinho haters, it's a very un-Mourinho signing, isn't it? Because yeah. he's, he's a young guy who, you know, even if Mourinho sees out his contract, he's not going <laughs> to see anywhere near the best of him. No. Even if he comes straight into the team, you're not going to see anywhere near the best of him in the next three years, are you? For someone that age. So it is a sign of Mourinho thinking to the future. Um, maybe he will be the only young signing he makes and the rest of them are going to be 29 and 30. Yeah. Uh, we'll <laughs> discuss that a bit later. I think if, if, um, if you wanted to have any concerns... Uh, one, but if you had any concerns, um, the last time I think I can remember United signing someone who you thought, I've no idea who that is, I've literally never heard of him, <laughs> uh, it was probably Bebe, yeah, you know, mm, um, yeah. and we saw how that turned out. Uh, and also, of course, United thought they'd signed the best left back for his age group in Europe, yeah, I was going to that. So, because it, it's not, it's one thing having the young players, but then it's utilizing them, yeah. and not just killing their careers off early yeah. on and seeing how they can actually flourish at United and often when they when you talk about Portuguese players even ones who are in their early 20s people say they move on too quickly sometimes and they have to go back to Portugal to re-establish themselves and then move on again we saw that with Matic went back, went back to Benfica um, for Delo do you, well Delo sorry the, <laughs> for Delo down isn't that's how I'm remembering <laughs> it um, do you think Delo has maybe moved on too early in his career do you think it's too much too soon or it's hard to say with that isn't it I, I, what I would say is United United as a place is a wonderful place for, for young players mm. to, to to play. You know, just be, I know Mourinho gets stick for apparently not giving youth a chance. Well, I don't think that's true. I, I think there's a stat that actually no other United player played more last season than um, Rashford. came in and it's about having the actual quality of young players because the reserves have been stagnated and the under is just too young for him to actually use now. So I think it's talent as well. He hasn't been loaned back to Porto United yeah. or taken him straight away, which mm. would suggest he will get. I think Darren played maybe eighteen or nineteen games last season. If he played that much and gets used to a new culture and um, you know train with these big big players, I know Porto is a huge club, but it's another level up for him. Obviously, I think it's it's a win win for him. There there is really no pressure on him, yes. and he'll get games because United are desperate to rest Valencia. Yeah. You know he, his fitness levels are incredible, but he's now in his thirties. I think he wasn't at his best last season. I still think he had a good season. Um, there, were, there aren't too many better right backs, but nowadays, and also the way that United play, I think the way that they want to play going forward is for those wing backs to be so crucial to mm. it. Because you look at. And they can't get the wingers right, can they? That's just, no. so you think really that a lot of the offensive stuff's going to come from those wing backs. And you need energy there, don't you? And he's just going to have young legs. There's going to be loads of energy. But also, if you rest, if you're able to rest someone like Valencia, you get more out of him when he plays. Yeah. And same with in terms of Delo, that's why he might have a good chance of pre-season. Because even though Valencia will be available for pre-season, doesn't necessarily mean you want to play him. He's no. sort of nothing game straight away. You want to bed him in and give him as much of a chance when it really matters. And of course, we've talked a lot about Delo, but. Uh, Supporters will be getting excited to see Fred at the World Cup, but probably won't actually be playing many minutes for Brazil, will they, James? From what I was told... Um, <laughs> Who told you? <laughs> I, I can't say that. Uh, the anticipation in Brazil is that he has no chance of starting 
any games, or at least the games that yeah. they can. Um, let's say if they're already qualified by the time it gets to the last group game, then yeah, maybe. Uh, I think he's a long way back in the pecking order there. And when you look at the Brazil midfield, I suppose it's understandable. Mm. I don't know if it's ever understandable when Manchester United's £50 million signing, starting with Phil, that doesn't start for his country, you kind of wonder what's going on yeah. there. But we, Leroy Sane is not even going to the World Cup, is he? And we all know how good he is. So, yeah, it's, it's about having a team, a system. They've got what? Casemiro, Fernandinho, Paulinho. Paulinho. So, you know, there's, it's a good midfield, isn't it? Yeah. You never know, maybe he'll, uh, he'll come on and. With World Cups, there's always a surprise, isn't there? Maybe he'll end up being their surprise. I remember it was similar in, in 2010, I think, when United just bought Chicharito in Landers. He didn't really feature that. He didn't start the game for Mexico. He came on, he did have a good World yeah. Cup in the end, but he sort yeah. of bed himself in. I remember watching the first couple of games and he didn't, didn't he think he played 10 minutes in the Open against South Africa and you're wondering, well, if this new signing can't actually play yeah. for Mexico in, in the biggest game they've got, you, you are concerned. But he turned out all right. He stayed on the bench as well. Yeah, he yeah. turned out. Uh, I remember Soto Scalacci in 1990. Oh. didn't start either. 1990. When was that? <laughs> that was, that was minus four. Good times. About 28 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they started with Viali and Ravanelli and uh, was it Ravanelli? No, it was Viali and someone. Baggio would have won the year, and then Scalacci ended up being the, the star of that World Cup. Yeah, it's impossible to talk about Fred without mentioning Fabinho. Liverpool signed him last week. Um, there's also there's been a lot of social media sort of debate about who's got the better deal, Kieran. Who do you think, mate? Oh, I mean, it's God. difficult for you to say. It's a lot of pressure, but do you think United are wise to go for Fred? Yeah, I, I, I think and they were never interested. They, yeah, they make that clear. But from January, Mourinho publicly was talking about getting card successors so I think this signing is it's proved the most straightforward but it's probably the most important of the summer that um, you haven't got a saga really it was, it was a pretty straightforward signing and um, I think they would have done obviously their homework and for whatever reason they never really sniffed around Fabinho and, uh, I know Liverpool fans are hailing that as a coup because you know it was tied up so quickly but um, I think they are different players and Similar with, you know, you've had Lukaku, Murata and all, all that nonsense that inevitably these guys get compared. But I think everyone can just accept they're good players in their own right. I think both clubs will, will ultimately do well out of it. You talk about Fred and Delo on the pitch. It's going to come back to you again, Kieran. There's also a signing on its way off the pitch for Petty, the Sampdoria yes. coach. He's worked with Mourinho before, part of that inter side, but won the treble. What can United fans expect from him? And how close is that deal? What's the latest on that? Yeah, so he was in England uh, two weeks ago and the, the contract was, was sealed there. So he'll be on the pre-season tour. And I, I think um, it's easy to forget about all the signings going on that in the backroom side of things, this has been the biggest reshuffle Mourinho's had probably in his career, that you're having three new voices coming in at once. Um, so you have Carrick, who I know on a fish he was working as a coach. You have uh, Kieran McKenna and then Rapetti. So... Um, at times, you know, I desperately lacked ideas towards the end of last season. And I know it's ironic that if Rui Free hadn't departed, probably would have only seen Carrick come into the, the fall. But now is a brilliant chance to freshen it up. And um, each of them will bring something different. I think we're Petty is more um, on the fitness side of things. Um, Carrick, you'll see, probably doing a bit more of the work free did with the players in terms of that kind of good cop to bad cop kind of a thing and uh, helping the midfield obviously and McKenna I think will be key to that style of play which got so stagnant of course so um, I think they all have a huge role to play and I, I would say that if it's all well and good signing four players and spending you know 160 million but 
if you're going to use that same setup that dogged United for most of last season, I, I just don't think there's any point to a degree. So at least, you know, you have some fresh voices in there and you would like to think Mourinho, even if he opens his ear just a little bit, uh, they could really add something to, to that setup. You hope he does listen to him, because otherwise it's pointless, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Fergie's big thing was that he constantly refreshed his backroom team. And that's why he always managed to stay relevant. Yeah. You know, the, throughout throughout the years, things changed at United. The, the form formation, the system changed massively from from the early days to at the very end. Mm. And I think a big criticism of Mourinho lately has kind of been just this idea: is he yesterday's man? Now, mm. I don't think he is yesterday's man. You know, because uh, he very recently won the, the the Premier League, so I don't I don't think he's yesterday's man yeah. at all. But it does feel there, there is this this sense, isn't there, that um, oh. Guardiola and Pochettino coaches. Exactly, it's this new way. It's all free flowing attacking football. Doesn't win anything unless you're Guardiola. Um, you know, the, the, there's a feeling that oh, Mourinho's set in the past, and you'll never be able to win playing his football. Well, United already have won more than they've won the same as City in, um, in the past couple of years, and they've won uh, more than Liverpool and Tottenham combined, haven't they? But you do think maybe we need to see something a little bit different. I don't know that United fans will accept. This much longer, you know that this season. I think losing the FA Cup final was a really big deal. I think if you'd have won the FA Cup final, you can still say we're, we're moving forward. Yeah, progress. And they did move forward. You know, the second place is definitely progression, but it doesn't feel like it when you're that many points behind City and you play the football you played and City played the football they played and Liverpool are playing how they're playing. It doesn't feel like it. I think the trophy would have would have backed his argument a lot more. So I would expect a style change this season. And we spoke about that as a huge summer for Mourinho because he has to improve again next season and he has to somehow cut that gap on City. Do you find that the two transfers that have been announced this week are, are risks relatively in that sense? Do you think Mourinho maybe would have preferred to go for more established names but he's taken two sort of gambles here, isn't he? They're all risks, aren't they? You know, the risk is stating the obvious. They are, you, know, yeah. you don't know what you're going to get, especially when you're buying foreign players. You don't get buy English players, Luke Shaw. You know. But it, it, it's obviously a gamble that... You know, how many times have United actually signed established players and they've been successes? Van Persie's about... Persie yeah. like probably the last one major, major yeah. established player who came in and hit the ground running just like that. It doesn't generally happen, does yeah. it? You know, a lot of the time we've seen with Falcao and Di Maria and Schweinsteiger, you know, that, that, list, that list goes on. So Sanchez. Well, so far, yeah. I, I, think, I think there are so many areas United need to improve in that... This is just the start. I think yeah. we, there could be another three or four coming in this summer just because he needs to improve in so many areas and be able to change the squad and change the team and still be at the, the top, top level. You look at City, they can take players in and out and it still looks the same, doesn't mm-hmm. it? You know, the, the, it's such a quality, deep squad that they've got. And United have been relying too long on players like Fellaini, who we know he has his attributes, but he's not going to take your game up to another level, is he? No. Darmy, and you bring him in, you bring in Blind. Uh, even to an extent, Herrera, you know, I, I don't think he, he raises the level. He, he, look, he's a, he's a worthy squad man, but he doesn't particularly raise standards, I don't think. There's so many of those sort of players that you just yeah. think they need to break that mould and be able to make dynamic changes, which I don't think they've been able to do. You spoke there about the potential additions uh, this summer, but you said maybe they'll be up three or four, perhaps in still, but United look like a new, new left-back, new centre-back, maybe another centre-mid, a right-winger, there's talk of a new striker, that's five positions already. Which ones are the ones United need to actually prioritise and 
if they could only maybe sign three more players in three positions, what positions do United need the most? It'd have to be left back and centre back, I think, because I don't go along with that they will sign five or six more. I think you look at the budget they've last season, mm-hmm. they've already spent 45% of that. So I know we have to post Neymar, America, all that nonsense, inflation and things, but I, I don't think they actually have the, the sums to be able to go out and do this churning thing, which they've done for so many summers and it just leaves them, you know, unbalanced again. So I think it'll depend on who goes a bit as well, but equally you're looking at that, the guys who will go aren't going to raise a terrible amount of money. So you get Fellaini's wages off the bill and you have Darmian and Blinn's fees. And outside of those three, I think unless a player physically wants to go and knocks on the office door, I don't think he's actually going to actively move them on. So um, I think left-back, you know, to to stick with Young and Valencia and expect them to both play 50 games each next season is, is a huge demand, I think it would. But equally, I could see, you know, if you still have Shaw in your books, can you really bring a third left-back in there? It's not great, is it? And then centre-back is the same thing. They've got, you know, five or six as it is. They've spent £30 million on one last summer. Can they bring afford to bring another one in without moving one out? So I think there's still two areas there that may yet depend on if they want to move those players out. But for me, those two positions are key. I think the the forward line picks itself if you're sticking with Sanchez, which they will, and, and Lingard, and then you've got the midfield now picks itself with Matic and Fred. So... Um, it's really just the defence that needs needs you know reshaping, isn't it? I'd agree, left back definitely. Um, less so on the centre back. Uh, I think left back, you know, I, I agree with Kieran. They need to bring money in to help fund yeah. this because there's that much they need to spend. But I think um, there was a foretelling to that in in December and January. And Mourinho said, "You've just got we've got to spend lots more than we've already spent." So I think he is expecting more money than he's ever had before. Um, I think if you look at Blinden. Um, Lyndon Shaw could get you around the best part of forty million, probably if you're selling them on. That's that's a that's a decent sum of money. Um, Darmian, I don't know, 10, 10 plus, 15. ten to fifteen. You know, the, we're talking decent figures here when they all come in for players who aren't actually offering that much to the squad. Let's be honest. So you get three players out there who've barely played, and you get some decent money in. Um, from what I'm told, the centre back it's not a priority, but it's, it it will depend how much money they've got left. After they buy all the in the other positions they need, so the 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 other stuff, I don't think is as close as it's been as we've been led to believe. Um, I, I so I go for a left back. I don't, I don't think they're desperate for a centre back. They need to make well the Smalling and Jones actually did really well last year. Yeah. You know, they're not everyone's taste, but they actually did well. Um, and I think you can <laughs> Newcastle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was that. Um, I, I think. You would expect a lot more from Bay. Oh yeah, you expect a lot more from yeah. Lindelof. You spent a lot of money that's on true. those two players. So, the, I don't think that's such a desperate area. Um, I think he definitely wants another uh, central midfielder. And for me, he needs desperately uh, a right winger. It's, the attack just does not work. The players he's got don't work. And it's a shame, but for whatever reason, he can't make them work. And the FA Cup final was a classic example, wasn't it? It's just it was, it was pretty. The awful awful thing, wasn't it? Really, to be honest. And he just can't get that balance right. And if he's got Sanchez and he's insisting on playing him on the left, then I think Marshall's got to go, really, because I don't see where he's, when he's going to play. Um, you stick with Rashford, but he's not particularly happy on the right. I think you know the, the Bale stuff. That's the, that is the one. Bale is perfect, but I can totally understand the Arnautovic links because 
he kills two birds with one stone because yeah. he's cover for Lukaku and he can also play wide right. Now that'll suit. So <laughs> might not be everyone's taste, but again, it'll it'll do the job. Interviewing the reality for United fans, we know there's been lots of high-profile names linked and big money moves. But do you think in reality, there's not. Do you think there will be a marquee sign, or do you think it's just going to be sensible, versatile players for Mourinho this summer? I think Bell could be the marquee signing. I know, I know for a fact that United were talking about signing him in, in December, mm. that they were, they were already planning, yeah. planning on making a move for him in December, and they were convinced that Mourinho would be able to get the best out of him. But that was before they signed Sanchez. So I've got, I've got to say that. That was, was before Sanchez came. Now, I think the only thing is, you look at that forward line now, and you think the signing of Sanchez hasn't changed the need to sign Pedro, has it? That's, that's the only problem. Um, but if there was going to be a marquee signing, I would think him. But it depends what else you're calling a marquee signing. You know, what is that? Is it? Does it have to be Gareth Bale at 100 million pounds? Top 20. You know, for instance, yeah, I think Marco, if Marco Verratti would be a marquee yeah, signing. Yeah. He'd still cost a, a um, lot of money. Milinkovic Sandwich has been linked. He'd cost a lot of money. Is he? A, is he a marquee signing? I think if you ask the uh, football Twitter brigade yeah. and people who play FIFA or yeah. team, then they would love someone like that. But well, they would cost a lot of money. There's no doubt about yeah. that. But in terms of a household name. I think if you ask most people in the street, they probably couldn't spell it. So you know, he's not, he's not, he's not like signing Pogba, is it? Or Bale? No, Milinkovic Savage. He's had a good season for, for Lazio, but and he might well be brilliant when he's when signing. But see it, he's not. Just he's not the megastar name, is it? That we're talking about. So what he's he's not a Sanchez. Sanchez was a marquee signing, wasn't he? Mm. That's a, that's a name that the whole world knows. Not just because Manchester United have been linked with him. That's that would be a marquee signing. One that doesn't have to be linked yeah. with United. And it'd be a big name. So going up front, um, <laughs> in I think they need to move away from that anyway because I think for too long that commercial. You've been saying the practical signs, yeah, and the players that are actually going to come in and prove the squad that can just go in and do that six and a half out of ten every week. I think getting these hot core players, they have enough of them. You look at Rashford and Martial. What's the point in buying another? Oh, no more six and a half out of tens. No, <laughs> no, 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 you've got Herrera's a six and a half out of ten. He's not always. He can be a three, can't he? So, um, Max is six and a half out of ten. You, you bought um, no function, Schneidlin you brought to do that job and he was a five out of ten, wasn't he? Yeah, I think they need more than that. Yeah, There's no six and a half out of ten in that City team, is it? No. They're seven, eight minimum. That's like, Last season. That's like base level, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. And that's Brandon's ranking. That's <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's, that's, that's what they need, I think. I think they, and Malinkovic Savage, again, I can't claim I've seen loads of this guy. Yeah. But I, I read about him like everyone else. I see what he, he scored quite a lot of goals in the last season. Mm-hmm. Look, if he's, if he's a, if he's a top, top player in Italy, you'd think he'd be a top player over here. But it just doesn't fit into that. It's just, the thing if you have Pogba and him in the same midfield, yeah. it's disaster. Yeah, but this is what I'm trying to say is that yes. it's not six and a half in terms of other crap. It's just, you know, the consistent work. Exactly. Just gets it. Head down. Left back, centre mid, those kind of players. Whereas um, if you're throwing another marquee name and spending three quarters of your remaining budget, I just think that really sets you up. You're giving him another problem mm. when he's trying to think of, oh, how do I get the best out of Sanchez? When oh, now I've got another 29-year-old who's got mm. his own problems. It's For me, it's a gamble. And I think that's they'd be making that sign more with commercial uh, ideas as much sending. Because if you ask anyone before that Champions League final, I think most United fans would have been content with not having Bale with yeah. him this summer. And I think with the new Real Madrid manager coming in, I think it will change again that he may as well say, well, 
why would I want to leave Real Madrid? Yeah. That's what he says every summer, and that's the problem. Yeah. That's been the United's problem every summer. Yeah. That he says he doesn't want to leave. They want him, but he loves he loves Spain. He loves winning Champions League yeah. every year. Why would you want who, who him? So why wouldn't exactly? Um, I mean, I don't see actually where another midfielder fits in unless he's a squad midfielder. He's got to be happy with not starting every week, isn't he? Because or unless you're going to stop, unless unless, unless Matic doesn't play so much next season, and he was one of his best players yeah, this yeah. year, or unless Pogba doesn't play so much, unless they're thinking beyond. Because Milinkovic Savage, you would think, would be more like taking the Pogba place, wouldn't you? Yeah. More attacking option. Yeah. But from what I've been told about Fred, I could see Matic being the holding mm. midfielder, yeah. Fred and on Fred and Pogba on the left. Fred on the right. Yeah. I can see that. Definitely. James Robson predicts. And I, that would, it would give them that sort of midfield, that's that sort of modern midfield that's really the attack-minded. You know, that, that's City's midfield, isn't it? Where they've got the one hole. They've got a lot of shout-outs in the post there. Yeah, yeah. So you've got the, the, the holding player, Fernandinho, who's the only yeah. defensive-minded player they've got. And it's just all attack after that. Mm. This would be a Mourinho-esque version in mm. the fact that you've got Fred, who does have those defensive... Tenacious. But he's also very attack-minded, very forward-thinking. He's sticking with Pogba. Maybe that gives Pogba a bit more freedom. As long as they play that attack down the left, they should be fine, shouldn't they? Next season? <laughs> yeah. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, we'll have to wait and see what Mourinho does in the coming weeks as well. Thank you both for joining us for this transfer update special. We'll be back as and when you're not making any more moves in the transfer market, make sure to follow us on the Manchester Evening News for all the latest transfer news from Old Trafford. And remember to subscribe to Manchester's Red on Acast for all the latest episodes.